Hello, my friends. My name is Madge, and this is the MadgeCast, where this season I'm reading through my book, Be Less Crazy About Your Body. Because, you know, the world is offering up all the varieties of crazy for us these days. And the last thing we need to do is make it all worse by hating on ourselves on top of it. So this week's chapter is called Humans Be Trippin'. And my experience, that is true. Humans definitely do be trippin'. We all get in our heads and in our feelings about something. And next thing you know, we're on the crazy train to crazy town. And mostly we don't want to board that train, but we do it out of habit. So this chapter is all about how we can go about discovering and disrupting our own mental habits so that we can board the trains we want to board and see the places we want to see rather than making a hundred visits to crazy town. Because crazy crazy town is not that nice, y'all. There's many better places to go. So here we go with Humans Be Trippin'. Humans be tripping all the time about nothing. Have you noticed? For instance, right now I am sitting here at my desk looking out the window as the breeze ruffles the leaves of the tree in my front yard and the sun is going down, which makes the light in here all golden and green. I've got an excellent playlist going on Spotify and a glass of wine in my hand and out of nowhere I will start freaking out. Nothing is wrong right now, but still, my mind will start in about money, or the ache in my shoulder, or maybe something that I imagine is going on inside someone else's head. That last one is a particular humdinger. I have a pretty keen imagination, and I'm glad, but sometimes it leads me to concoct whole universes of motivation and intention and meaning from simple small things. Sometimes I even find myself believing and making decisions based on this completely made-up stuff. Do you ever do this? Not a great idea, but it can be hard to avoid. I once knew someone who was far too good at this. She would pick up on energies and emotions in the people around her, and then she'd spin what she'd picked up into some kind of explanatory yarn. Some of these stories were paranoid. People treat me like a loser and some were self-important, because I'm too cool. But not many of them were accurate. The problem was not her sensitive nature or her active imagination. Those are great. The problem was that she assumed that all of her thoughts were true reflections of reality, when in fact almost none of them are. Put another way, brains make thoughts like butts make poops. It's just what they do. What comes out doesn't necessarily mean anything. The only difference between sane and insane people is that the sane ones know their thoughts are just mechanical processes, not deep and meaningful importance of truth. So what kind of thoughts do you have rattling around your skull? Here are a few in mine. First, body stuff, from wondering if people think I look pregnant in my outfit today to worrying about my health to realizing it's 2 p.m. and I haven't eaten yet. This takes up a surprising amount of bandwidth in my head, maybe 30%. Second, good girl thoughts related to my to-do list and what I have to do next, and dirtbag thoughts about how I'd rather sit in the garden with a glass of wine. And then the good girl in the dirtbag fight it out. 30% easy. Third, song lyrics. Gah! 20% at least. 
Fourth, wondering about what people are thinking about me. Self-explanatory, maybe 10%. Lastly, actual halfway decent ideas, or things that are at least worth considering for a minute or two. 10% on a good day. So not only are a good portion of my thoughts rubbish, they're also repetitive as heck. Not surprising, our brains are really into recognizing patterns, so it makes sense that they operate in patterns too. You can probably see this in this your own experience. Do you have a particular train of thought that you ride all the way down to crazy town on a regular basis? Are there certain things that piss you off, make you sad, freak you out every time you start thinking about them? Are there hurtful conversations that repeat over and over in your head? There are for me. There are topics on which I can beat my head for hours and days if I'm not careful. Over time, I've come to recognize them, and my metabrain flags them when they pop up. Oh, hey, are you sure you want to start ranting on this topic again? It's like an antivirus program in my head. And this comes simply from being intimately acquainted with how your particular brain works. When you start to see its mechanical, repetitive nature, you're automatically less mesmerized by it. And, the coolest thing of all, the act of noticing what you're doing actually pops you out of the pattern, so you can see it from the outside instead of acting it out from the inside. Getting knowledge of the voices of your head is one part. The other is developing the mindfulness to notice patterns in real time. There are a few ways to do both of these. First, writing. It helps because it gives you the chance to get stuff out of your head onto the page where you can look at it. It's like a pensive from Harry Potter, but cheaper. Write about what happened today and how you reacted to it. Write about your mental patterns, as many as you can identify. What happens when you fall into each particular one? How do you feel and what do you find yourself doing? Now be curious, but don't get sucked in. You're studying, not reenacting. Over time, you'll learn a lot about how your patterns unfold. Try writing on paper or at a place like 750words.com and see what works for you. Another thing I found helpful is to keep a log of what I'm doing and how I'm feeling throughout the day. It's helpful in the same way as keeping a food diary or tracking every dime that comes into and out of your life. The tracking itself forces me to pay a little more attention. It pulls me out of autopilot and gives me a tiny bit of perspective on an ongoing basis throughout the day. Try setting a timer to go off every 20 or 30 minutes. There are apps for that. And when it rings, jot down a few words about what you're doing and how you're feeling. You may notice that you feel better after walking to work in the morning, but worse before you have to meet with a wretched coworker or great around 10 a.m. and crappy around 2 p.m. There are underlying rhythms to your emotional day. This tracking exercise can help you identify them so you can work with them. By far, the best way to learn about your patterns is to meditate, which sounds complicated and maybe even intimidating, like you have to be pretty sane to even start. But I promise none of that is true. Meditating is simple. And nothing is more powerful in terms of keeping your mind clear of dangerous debris. I am urging, begging, commanding you to sincerely try it just a few minutes every day for a week or so and see what happens. I bet you'll be kind of amazed.
Okay, so how do you do it? First, turn off your TV, your music, your phone. Step away from my face. Close the laptop. Make things as quiet and peaceful as you can. Now go have a seat somewhere. Get comfy, but not slouching on the couch watching TV comfy. Attentive comfy. Next, close your eyes or let them go out of focus while you look at the floor a few feet in front of you. Breathe. Notice your breath. Pay attention to it. Put all of your attention on it, in fact. Relax. Now have a look around at what's happening in your mind today. What's the weather like up there? What kind of thoughts are passing through? Are they fluffy clouds floating across a clear blue sky? Colorful pedestrians walking their dogs past your table at a sidewalk cafe? Terrifying mutant elephant dinosaurs with blood dripping from their jaws stomping straight towards you? Watch them. Let them play out. And assume a detached, studious, Margaret Mead-like demeanor as they float, walk, and stomp on by. Because these thoughts don't have any power to hurt you. They are just passing through, and you're keeping an eye on them. There's not necessarily anything important in there. What is important? You get to decide, remember? Which is so cool. And meditating gives you the space you need to do it without fear of being crushed by rogue thought beasts. Don't make it complicated, and don't expect meditating to make you feel any particular way. Sometimes it will feel relaxing and comforting, and other times it won't. But either way, the goal is just to sit and watch the way your mind operates for a while. Get to know what you're working with. Every minute you spend observing your mind increases your capacity to see your craziness instead of be it. So in this chapter, I came down pretty firmly on the side of meditating, not because it's, quote, something good to do for yourself, but because it bears immediate and noticeable fruit in my life when I do it. Over the years, I have meditated a lot, but like anything with me, my habits tend to ebb and flow. Uh, a few weeks ago, I decided to re-up my meditation practice because I'd let it slip in recent months. And I found a resource that is truly perfectly helpful to anyone who might want to start or restart a meditation practice, whether you have any experience or not. Um, I will put it in the show notes from today, but it is a free offering from Leo Babuta from Zen Habits. Um, he's developed this 44-day meditation practice program where he walks you through 11 different meditation practices, and you practice each one for four days, and then you switch to the next one. So the first one he goes through is just your classic follow-your-breath meditation, um, and he also goes through something that's currently blowing my mind, which is a classic loving-kindness meditation um, in which you envision different people and wish good things, loving, loving kindness, um, strength, health, all of these nice things you wish them on other people. And I have to admit, admit that I'm not super great at it, it being 2017, but it's good for me to try. <laughs> um, the one practice that I've been digging the most recently is a body awareness meditation 
which is simply about putting your awareness on and fully inhabiting every part of your body, starting from your feet and working your way up. So, um, I have terrible posture and it's gotten to the point where it causes me some neck and shoulder pain and I've been going to physical therapy for it um, and sort of relearning new habits of um, how to sit at age 44. Great job, Madge. But anyway, um, the body awareness meditation is helping me a lot with being uh, cognizant of what I'm doing with my shoulders, um, how I'm sitting, which muscle, which muscles I'm engaging and which ones I'm not. So, um, it's a really interesting thing to engage with and, uh, a pretty great resource. So it's, it's free. So if you're interested in learning about meditation or trying meditation, I really recommend it. Um, so the whole goal of meditation, of course, is to learn about your particular mental patterns and gain some space from them, um, so that you're not all up in them, you're able to observe them. And once you're able to do that, it becomes a lot easier to shift those habits. So um, I hope in the coming week, you'll take some time to spend on this and have a thought about what kinds of thoughts send you swirling down the shame spiral. What kind of thoughts trip you up on the regular? Uh, If you want to share what you come up with with me, please feel free. I love hearing from you all. You can drop me a line at belesscrazy at gmail.com. In the meantime, I hope this week brings you some fun and I hope that you get only on those trains that take you to places you actually want to go. Please take good care of your sweet self and I'll talk to you next week. Stay strong.